This is episode 139 with Reagan Rust. Welcome to the Athletic Mindset. I'm your host, Corey Camp, former Division I swimmer, forever athlete, and your personal flow coach, helping you optimize your life one conversation at a time. Today, we're joined by Reagan, founder of Female Athlete Society, professional hockey player, and a key mental health advocate in the space. This conversation, it's real, it's raw, and we dive into a lot of Reagan's own personal struggles through her mental health journey. We explore what it was like for her to transfer colleges in the middle of her career, how she coped with her emotions and sought a sense of belonging when life truly got hard, and why she ultimately ended up founding Female Athlete Society to pay it forward to that next generation of athletes. So without further ado, let's dive into it with Reagan. Reagan, thanks for coming to Venice, coming on the Athletic Mindset. I appreciate you making the trek all the way up here. How, yep. how the heck are you today? I'm doing really well. Just had a camp, so the girls were having a blast. I got to u- wear my new jersey that you saw on Instagram, Make Money Millionaires. It's such a cool jersey. It has Louis Vuitton all over That's it. That's about so to say. Feeling good. Yeah, the, the latest Louis Vuitton hockey collab, yeah, of course. Yeah, not a big deal. <laughs> And you're prepping right now to up and move your whole life overseas for another season of yeah. pro hockey. How are you like? We're oh this will come out after you've made this transition, but yeah. right now you're what like two, three days away from making that happen. Yeah, this is like my seventh move during the pandemic. So that's it. Only seven. <laughs> Only seven. <laughs> um, this will be my second across the world, my third across the country, and I don't. Even, there's so many in between California, like San Diego, LA, all those places, Palm Springs. Like, I'm excited. How do, how do you like mentally keep track of that? Because I think so many people, especially athletes, can be very like type A regimented. Like, I need my routine. I need the same environment. Like, we've had people on here that are like, I need. I was one of those athletes where I was like, I need the same meal before every single thing. Are you serious? Yeah. Like, wow. I was that. <laughs> I was that. Like to a T. I need my routine. How do you? even set up a routine with these many moves i don't i so (laughs) you just thrive under it i thrive under pressure and like having a lot of stress on me it's i grew up in like a stressful environment so like i've been used to moving around like i haven't lived in the same place for longer than two years since i was 14 because i went to five high schools two universities i've changed jobs like three times since i graduated already um and so I try to get into a routine because it definitely helps me like manage my mental health more than Mm -hmm. anything. Um, but it is really hard to get into a flow. So I usually just find it through writing down everything that I have to do in the morning. And then if I get to it, I get to it. If I don't, well, I try my best. (laughs) I like that strategy. It's just like finding some calm amongst the chaos of Mm -hmm. things constantly moving. But I mean, that's, do you think that tr- has translated really well onto the ice itself? Because, I mean, you could have the perfect game plan, but the moment the puck or the puck drops, like, yeah, anything it's everything. can happen. <laughs> yeah, well, like hockey is a game of mistakes. All sports are, and so it's about like finding your best way to cope with anything that's going to happen. So, like, if the puck gets dumped in and I have two people on me, what am I about to do? Probably I'm going to rib it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's usually like my go-to. So like I have um, a few steps of things that I'm going to do first. And if that doesn't go well, use your body, use whatever I can. Just like literally think on the fly. But like if you think about it, 
you practice so much that you're confident already yeah once you get onto the ice like it's all about confidence once you get out there um and so yeah uh, it's a lot of preparation it's not like i just jump out there like yeah. it's in life too like i don't just go into an interview without preparing or anything like that like yeah. i prepare and then whatever happens happens how do you find that balance because i think so many people they don't trust themselves enough to have the confidence to go into it and be like all right i don't have the script like for example this when i first started podcasting i had 20 plus questions always prepped out that i was gonna like sit here and like do all this intensive research so that we could have this kind of conversation and then i realized i was like wait a second our like my research beforehand was literally us grabbing coffee last week mm -hmm. and then i'm like it just into i trust now that intuitively like things are going to come up we're going to hit a topic that we're just going to double click on and like go deeper into yeah how have you found that level of confidence now it sounds like on the ice well, if you think about it, I've been doing it for almost 20 years. That's it? <laughs> <laughs> Only 20 years. I started skating when I was three, started hockey when I was five, and I've been nonstop training since. I actually haven't even really trained this summer. And so That's what we we're talking about. <laughs> I'm uh, going to go off my intuition and like all the mental skills training that I've done leading up to this. And I'm going to give myself like a month. Like I'm not going to be hard on myself because I know that I haven't been preparing as much as I normally would. I thought I was retired up until three weeks ago. So like I can't be mad at myself for how it plays out. But I know that like I have goals that I want to hit by the end of the season. And if I make it there, I'll be pretty happy with that. Yeah, I think uh, I've had this conversation with my roommates uh, a lot about mm -hmm. we're all former athletes, former swimmers. And we're like, yeah, like worst case scenario of like, someone came into our house and was like gun to your head like you got to go run a marathon or do a, a, an Ironman like we could do it because we have the mental fortitude and the mindset behind it and yeah. I think I mean that's what this podcast is really about how have you cultivated that sort of mindset to be the point where you're at now of all right I was retired three months three weeks ago but like now I just signed a pro contract and I'm gonna go, <laughs> go play again <laughs> well like I'll rewind back to awkward Reagan in ninth grade yeah. where I literally couldn't even ask for ketchup. <laughs> like I, I think about the little progress that I've made over time mm -hmm. and like that, for example, where I couldn't ask for the ketchup. I used to have my sister go ask for it. My mom would yell at me. And so when I went away to prep school, I was like, I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to try to talk to new people and just let the conversation flow. That's why I can talk now. And I'm not so socially awkward as I used to be. Um, and it's like the same thing going to play hockey. It's like, you know, I went from in college playing at like the bottom five mm -hmm. schools in division one and I transferred to a top 10 team. And even that transition was like, Oh my God, like I don't belong here. Like why, how, why did he give me a spot? All this stuff. And at the end of the day, like you just have to put your head down. Like, don't worry about like what other people are mm -hmm. saying about you. Don't worry about like the outside press. Don't worry about any of like the comments that boy, like 12 year old boys put on my TikTok. They're saying you suck. And I'm like, you know, I wish that was true, but it's not like, I'm actually really good. <laughs> so it's like the confidence that I've built up over time. Like I was, I used to be self-conscious about how I played and yeah. now I'm just like, I own it. I own how good I am. What would your advice be to that guy or girl who's maybe in that situation that they're like, man, I hear the confidence exuding out of you right now. And it's like, 
it's hard to fathom that rewind almost 10 years ago and you couldn't ask for ketchup. People were like, what the heck? I don't, I don't believe that. What would be that first step or, or that first piece of advice for someone who was in that nine or ninth grade shoes of yours? And they can't talk. They, they can't don't talk. know how to talk. They don't know how to talk. <laughs> Literally just go up to somebody like all you need is eight seconds, mm. eight to 20 seconds of insane courage, whatever. And then just go from there. Like you just have to say, hi, that's all you have to do. Try Like, how are you doing? How are you feeling today? And then if they carry on the conversation, keep going. If not, bounce, like try again another day. It's just like, it's always one step that you have to take. And it's usually the small step. Yeah. I love that. I think, uh, it's so funny to make the analogies there of sports. It's like just practice reps. Mm -hmm. It's no different. Yeah. Go to the mall. <laughs> I know. And that's like the scariest thing ever. You know what I mean? Like a friend of mine right now is doing a rejection challenge where she's like mm -hmm. actively seeking out no's. 30, she wants to do 30 consecutive days of like feeling no's so that she's just doesn't affect her as much anymore. Yeah. Whereas for a while, it was anytime she heard that, she like went into her shell and just stayed quiet and really hid her power to the world because of this one thing that happened mm -hmm. to her. Um but if you just – you almost become numb to it in the best way possible. You yeah. know what I mean? You can just play the conversation in your head too. Like people think – it's – you know, <laughs> when you're an athlete, it's mental imagery. It's like self-talk. It's all that yeah. stuff. Same thing talking to people. Like I give myself a pep talk before I go into interviews, before I interview someone on a podcast. Yeah. Like I'm like, okay, I've done this before. Like I'm going to do it again. Yeah. How do you make sure that self-talk is like serving you in a positive way versus negative because – that can be a challenge for a lot of people too. Yeah. Um, well, so when I'm on the ice and let's say, I, can you cuss on this? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> let's say I fuck up every pass that I'm <laughs> making, like in the past, whatever, three shifts. I'm like, okay, it's time to recenter because clearly something's not going right. What can I focus on right now that I'm doing well? And it's like, okay, maybe I can't make the passes, but I can skate. I'm like one of the best skaters on the ice. So let me just put myself in a position mm to play the defense that I need to play in order to help the team. I like that. Focusing on your superpower, like your strength mm -hmm. along the way. And you, it's not going to be like the same every game either. It's yeah. like this, I'm, I can skate. I'm doing well skating. May as well focus on that right now. The next game, maybe just be talking or cheering on my teammates, getting out of my own head. I think that's the beauty of team sport. And one of the things swimming didn't really provide me, mm -hmm. <laughs> it was a team quote unquote team sport, not to the extent that, it requires the synergy and the yeah. working off one another that uh, hockey does. But you have the beauty of, all right, maybe today this part of my game is off. Mm -hmm. I can shift my focus to here. So you can still kind of salvage a, a small victory for yourself, yeah. even though you didn't play the quote-unquote all-around perfect game. You're mm -hmm. like, all right, I, I was the three-star, you know, in whatever I need to be. Yeah. I like that strategy. Well, like my senior year, it was probably my worst year mm. of college sports, which is bad. I was a captain that year, but it was only the worst year for points. Mm. And I stopped caring about that altogether. I was just like, okay, what can I do? Like, what kind of leader do I need to be to make this team yeah. successful? And what the team needed was me being vocal, me being the cheering one on on the bench and like I wasn't starting defenseman I'm okay with that I wasn't the first 
power play, first penalty kill, whatever. But anytime I was on the bench, nothing but positiveness came out of me. Even if we were down or when we went to the locker room, I made sure that I said something that put everyone at ease. Mm. And yeah, it was it was actually hard not being the star, even though I don't like attention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How did you get okay with that? Because I think it sounds like your role, obviously, having made that transfer transition, mm-hmm. your role among the team and how they viewed you shifted as well, it sounds like. How did you get okay internally with understanding and then also accepting your role on these teams? Yeah, I mean, I think every year your role kind of changes, especially, like, as a freshman I came in. I was supposed to be playing forward, so I played seven games forward. I sucked. I was, like, fourth line. And then he switched me to defense. I went to first line D and, like, had a killer rest of the season. And so, like, at first my role was just to be a good fourth liner, and then when they switched me, I was like, oh, now I have to be, like, killer mentality. Like, we Mm -hmm. need to go get points. We need to shut down D. And then, like, my second year, they were, like, expecting the same thing out of me. And so, like, I had to try to bring that same energy uh, from, like, my first year. And then once I transferred, I was like, oh, my God, I'm a freshman again. Nobody knows who I am. I have to make new friends. I have to do well in a school that's, like, extremely, like, challenging for academics. And all I did was, like, all right, I know the two things I'm good at. One, shut down defense Mm -hmm. maybe I'm not gonna be able to score because like this was like a top league that I transferred to um but I know how to be a good teammate and so like that's all that I focused on that year was being there for Mm -hmm. my teammates and I carried that on through my senior season crushed it yeah that's what I say it's it's easy I think now to look back and it sounds like maybe to the listener it's like Mm -hmm. all right like there are some low points and we talked there there have been behind the scene moments what was that like that you were navigating at the same time from like a mental health side of things? Uh, because it's tough when you have physical, like you have sports to rely on your whole time. And then if the, while you're in mental performance coaching now, like when mm-hmm. the mindset and the, the brain isn't matching up with what you want the body to do, it can lead to a lot of disconnect and a lot of yeah. unhappiness to darker points can you speak onto that a little bit yeah so I've dealt with depression and anxiety since I was 14 like mental health has been a part of Mm -hmm. my life for literally since I was before I was even born because my dad's dad committed suicide my sister was diagnosed with bipolar at like 14 she's Mm -hmm. like six seven years older than me Um, and then my uncle had bipolar all of that and so I knew a little bit about it before it started happening, but I started to find ways to manage it as it went. So like in high school, when I was super depressed, I was like, okay, I need to quit some sports. I'm doing too much. And then I need to change the scenery because it, my home wasn't creating the right environment that I needed. Mm -hmm. So that was one change that I made. And then once, by the time I got to my senior year, I'd moved around so many times and had to like adjust the change and adjust to the mental health environment and all that stuff that by the time I got to college, I was pretty good at navigating it. Obviously, I was still depressed, but I was like, okay, I just have to do the little things. And, like, one day this cloud's going to lift. And so, you know, I probably got badly depressed two times throughout mm-hmm. my college career. First time was my sophomore year in college, and that was because of an abusive coach um, and, like, a toxic culture with my teammates. 
And, like, I still love some of them to death. And, like, I know it wasn't their fault that it was the reason why everything mm-hmm. was toxic. But it was. And it affected my mental health so badly that, like, I ended up transferring. So I was like, oh, yes, this is going to solve all my problems. Transferring. I d- actually, I don't think I thought that. But I was like, I need to change the scenery again. Mm. And um, I went to BU two weeks after I finished my last exam sophomore year. And then I started summer school had to meet all new teammates, everything was changing. And then I felt like I was suffering from PTSD Mm. because I was like, oh no, they're going to do exactly what my last team did to me. Like they're out, they don't want me here. Like they're out to get me or they don't want me to succeed or something like that. And so I got so badly depressed that I wanted to commit suicide Mm. again. Um, And I forget where we even started with this question, but I was going through all those changes and it got so bad that I reached out to my therapist. I took a day off. One one mental okay. health day off. That's all you get. <laughs> I didn't tell anyone what I was dealing with, but I just went. I took the day for myself, and I was like, okay, I really need help. Like, I can't mm. keep going. I can't keep pushing through this. And it was a lot. And it sucked. And I knew that I had did it, done it before, and I was like, I can do it again. And that's like, it's kind of like the growth mindset, you know? Mm-hmm. You just have to keep pushing through and keep looking for that one little speck of light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Like that's all you need. It's just like that little glimpse that's going to get you there. Well, one, I, I always have to, I appreciate your, you sharing at the level that you do. Um, I love your openness and honesty about, especially around these topics. So thank you. No problem. Um, and I love I won't say I love it. One of the things I noticed in your story is something that a lot of people try to do is instead of solving and facing like the root of their problem head on, they just think, all right, I just need to get away from it. And sometimes, sometimes we do need that distance from the root of the problem, whether it's, especially if it's a toxic culture, we need to get away from it. But if we're not careful, we find ourselves right back into it Mm -hmm. if we never address the root of the problem. And then you add in this added layer. I think there's this underlying notion in athletics. I know it was at Delaware when either we got transfers or freshmen, it was Mm kind of like you tried to vet them out. You you tried to, you wanted to weed them out and see like, all right, do they really match up with the culture here? Do they really mm-hmm. belong as part of this team? Because we want it to be an exclusive team. We want it to be like you're really proud to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. How did you kind of earn the trust of your new teammates while still dealing with all of this internal stuff without bra- I wouldn't without breaking, you know what I mean? I would break down at home, to be yeah. honest with you. Like that's the sad truth of it. Um, I talked to a few teammates about what was going on, but for the most part, like I, I kept to myself because I didn't want to become a team problem because it's like, it's bad when you have like that, um, Mm. you have the team in mind at all times. And so like, sometimes you put yourself at risk because of it. Yeah. And you know, I kept people in the loop. Like I made sure to have a network outside of my team. So my best friends either at school or that lived away from me um, that I grew up with. And I made sure that if I was feeling bad, I wasn't going to just let myself feel bad. Mm. It's like, you need to go hang out with the team. You know, you always feel better when you do it. And they're like your family. Like they, they made it feel 
like I actually had a family to come mm-hmm. back to that I had people to vent to. And I think that was, that was like my savior, having them be there for me. Um, so like, I think me being open with them built trust and then them being open back, like it helps build a stronger bond altogether. Yeah. Isn't that the beauty of vulnerability? Yeah. I think when, when people struggle to be vulnerable, it's often from a place of fear that I'm going to show you my full hand of cards Yeah. and I'm fearful of your reaction to it. And I think the, the beauty in it a lot of times is when you can really truly be authentic and vulnerable and say, Hey, look, this is what I'm dealing with. And it's met with someone saying, I see you. Like, I understand. Mm -hmm. I, I understand what you're going through or I, I empathize with you. I've had a similar situation. It's like this instant depth of connection that would never exist if you kind of hold on to all of your stuff. I think so many people are walking around this earth right now with all of these things that we've, kind of just talked about in the past few minutes here and they're they're lacking the people mm-hmm. in their life where they feel like they truly can lay down their this weight um and it is a weight mm-hmm. e- even though you feel it too like when you share those kind of things and you connect with people you feel your overall like biochemistry change and you feel yeah. lighter and that burden is lifted a little bit definitely we did so we had a pretty good culture my mm-hmm. first year at BU. Um, but the second year, there was three new captains. We weren't, like, anything crazy on the ice. Like, one was a goal scorer. The other one was, like, a power forward. And then I was a shutdown defenseman. So, like, we all had our own specialty. But we were like, how can we change this culture to make it a winning culture that's going to last long after we're gone? Mm-hmm. And so we started meeting with, um, I think she was like a player development, leadership academy, stuff like that. And she, oh my God, she did wonders for our team. So like we would meet with her and discuss like, how can we lead this team meeting and make it productive to where we get out what we want out of it. Mm -hmm. And so we started the very beginning. We actually started before the the season started, which was like back in May. And so we were like, all right, what do we stand for next year? And Mm -hmm. like, the freshmen were kind of included, not really. You know, you kind of have to, like, throw them into it. Yeah. Um, but we found our motto all together, and it was push the pace. And so pace was, like, in all capital letters, and it stood for everything that we stood for, our four values. Don't ask me to repeat them. <laughs> it was okay. so long ago, but, like, I remember the feeling that it gave me, and, like, yeah. we all had that mentality throughout the entire season. And we came back from Christmas. We actually started on a losing streak. <laughs> It's Not a good way to start. We started. We lost our first game um, 5-0. And I was on the ice for all five goals. I was like, I'm doing a great job leading this team. <laughs> You're like, my plus minus is great yeah. right now. <laughs> um, and then also we just started clicking. Yeah. And it was probably, I think we got through September. We're like, all right, this guy sucks. Like, what are we going to do now? And all of a sudden we just started winning. We swept BC, we swept Providence. These were like top 10 teams. Yeah. We're like, who, who is this team that's playing right now? We're like, oh, it's us. And we went to RIT, swept them, my old team. And then we came back and we're like, all right, this is gonna be a big push. Like, what's this meeting that we're gonna hold? And so this was like my favorite exercise of all time. And it was, we all got around probably like five or so tables and Everyone got a piece of paper and a pen, and we had to write 
how we see ourselves, how others see us, and how we want to be seen. Mm. And then we read it around the table. And, like, people were getting really deep. They were, like, talking about how they felt they had so much pressure from their parents. Or, like, I opened up and said that, like, I hated my family. And, like, it's not still true. uh, But at the time, I was dealing with all those emotions. And I was, like, nobody knows this. And um, the lady that led it, because she came and helped us lead it, and she was like, does anybody have anything else to share? And I was like, well, if I want everyone else to be vulnerable, like, I got to be vulnerable. Yeah. And. Pushing the pace. Yeah, you got to push the pace from the, <laughs> from the front. And I was like, you know, it's really hard for me to see you guys. Like, yes, my mom comes, but when your family's come and you guys are so happy to see them and, like, you guys are giving hugs and they're saying good job and good game and all that stuff. Like, I'm so happy for you guys, but it really hurts me sometimes because I don't have Mm. the same type of relationship with my family. And I was like, I hate my parents. Not so true anymore, but, like, at that time, I did. I started bawling my eyes out, and, like, my defense partner was like, Reagan, like, we're your family. And I think, like, all the walls came down in that meeting, and that's probably one of the reasons we were able to win the first ever Beanpot for BU. Um, but like, I'll never forget that day. It was it was very emotional and felt good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's so much power in that. You know what I mean? I think what is so interesting you see, whether it be teams, companies, culture has been like the the buzzword for the mm-hmm. past ten, fifteen years, and everyone's like, yeah, my team, my team culture, my company culture sucks, or it's the mm-hmm. best. And I think what makes, what actually makes up culture isn't the acronym PACE. To your point, you can't even remember what that actually stood for. No one really cares about what that actually stands for. It's so much more of a deeper feeling. And the companies, the teams that are successful in actually buying in and creating and cultivating a winning culture Mm -hmm. are the ones that don't just make an acronym, stick it on a poster board, and then have you like slap it every time you walk out on the ice they're the ones that are living it day to day and what i'm hearing with that kind of exercise is it was an opportunity for you guys to take this thing that you talked about months and months prior and take it another level and Mm -hmm. making sure that it was something that you guys were actually living into day in and day out whether you were on the ice or whether you were just normal human beings going to classes doing your thing going to get coffee with each other exactly exactly (laughs) like I think that's the whole point of culture that everyone seems to miss because Mm -hmm. they're like, well, what does that activity do to your stat line? There's not a direct correlation. It's like mental performance work. What does that do to your stat line? Mm -hmm. It's not like you automatically you score more goals or you become a better defensive player. It takes time, but there is benefits. Mm -hmm. It's, It's not as tangible. You can't see them all the time you know what I mean yeah I mean it's so important like what you said about buying in Mm -hmm. is what a lot of teams miss out on the reason why the bottom 10 teams the bottom 10 teams is because their culture freaking sucks yeah and like they don't buy into the process and it's all about the process because what is a game it's three periods it's a process you have to go through it like period by period or quarter by quarter and if you're not going to take each one seriously, you're never going to get there. Mm. And 
Uh, I like I love sports for that reason, because if you want to be the best, you have to train like the best and you have to like think like the best. And it's going back to the growth mindset. It's about setting those little goals about where you want to get to the end. Yeah, I, I think it's it's all about taking that end goal and reverse engineering down to what am I doing on this shift mm-hmm. when I'm on the ice or what am I doing in this next race that I have or whatever it may be. Um, how did you get into mental performance coaching? I mean, knowing <laughs> your story, like I, it kind of makes sense, but what really kind of sparked your interest and said, Hey, not only do I want to do this, but I want to do this with really like youth hockey players. I love what you're doing and especially in women's sports on the female side of things. Where did that kind of transpire and what has that transition been like as you've been retired, not retired, retired, not Yeah, retired. I just keep going back Wherever and forth. You I don't know what life. I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I started it back – I would say I started mentoring yeah. female athletes back in high school when I was a senior because, like, I had been through all that shit. I was just mm-hmm. like, all right, well – then people started seeking out my help. So, like, girls that I had coached in the past, they were like, hey, like, I have a question. Like, how should I navigate this issue? And so we would work through those and then they ended up playing D1 and for their respective national teams. And I was just like, wow, that's the power of like having a mentor. Like you can achieve your goals and everything. And so the funny thing is some guy that I used to talk to was like, you should read this book. I think it would be great for you. And it was the power of your subconscious mind. And it's about like those little seeds that you plant that end up manifesting itself Mm. in real life. And so I read, I think I read like 57 pages, something like not even the whole book yeah. in high school. You're like, I knew enough. Yeah, it <laughs> helped me. <laughs> um, I finished reading it, obviously, like six years later. But um, that's when I was like, wow, the things that we say to ourselves, the things that we think about before we go to bed, like that helps you in everyday life. And so I didn't study that in college, mm-hmm. but I read so much on my own time. I was just like. Because it was, like, all the issues that I was dealing with, whether it was, like, oh, I don't have confidence right now. What is confidence? And my band director back in seventh grade, every single day, he said, uh, repetition builds confidence. Yeah. And, like, I have not stopped saying that. It was, like, the more that I do this one drill, the more that I make passes tape to tape, the more confident I'm going to be on the ice. And so it was, like, that those little things and then talking to my teammates, helping them through their issues, and then – Whenever I got back from Budapest and I put that TikTok out that went crazy viral, like thousands and thousands of DMs on Instagram and TikTok, I was like, there's a bigger issue than I thought. And so that's when I went into making Female Athlete Society and like answering all their questions. And yeah, that's how I'm helping them now with their mental performance. It's insane the world we live in that like all it takes and in knowing you I guess decently well now at this point after a few conversations and having seen your stuff, like I'm willing to bet you did not make that TikTok and that video with the intent to go viral and to like cause it. It was just, it was what was on your heart. It was what was on your mind. It was Mm -hmm. just true to you. And you just probably had this notion of, I just got to put this out here. And if it helps one person, amazing. And I think when people, especially creators, can really buy into that mm-hmm. or if brands buy into that, it's incredible the response. I mean, that's how you go viral. Yeah. That's well, the secret That's without like, trying to go viral. Right? It is the secret. <laughs> like so many people 
have to care about like what you're saying like obviously there's the funny ones that go viral like i've had some of those but like i didn't care about those like i was just chirping people back and forth on those but like on this one girls were commenting like oh can you help me with this like can you help me with this and then a lot of it was like confidence issues or dealing with family or hey i'm feeling a little depressed right now because the pandemic and everything that's going on they're like i don't know my path and Mm -hmm. i'm like oh wow i don't know my path either actually (laughs) and but I'd always wanted to have, like, a big mentorship. I wanted to help as many people as possible. Like, by the time I die, I hope I help a million people. Mm. But, obviously, it starts with one single person. Yeah. And I got through all those crazy DMs. And, you know, at first, I was just like, let's just put something out. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't even know, like, what script. Like, I tried to write out a script, and it just, like, wasn't flowing out of my head. And I was like... I'm just going to go for it. So I stopped it like 15 times, but I was just talking to myself the whole time. That's like what TikToks are. You just talk to yourself. Yeah. And yeah, people really connected with it. And then I spent three months answering those DMs because I was like, I don't want to leave anyone hanging. It was so bad. I was answering yeah. like 50 to 100 a day and I like could not get through them. <laughs> and I would imagine the <laughs> they're not light ones to get back to. Like it's not a quick like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, just do this. Like, mm-hmm. I would imagine you, I mean, I would imagine, I know you probably went really, really deep into how can I serve this person because yeah. they took time out of their day to reach out and mm-hmm. ask and I need to provide them, like over deliver some value here. Yeah. Like, I love that. Yeah. That's what I did. Oh my God. My hands were hurting. I was like, I can't type these. I started doing voice messages. That's why I voice messaged you I, back. I love voice memos. <laughs> voice memos are the way to go. You got to be careful though when you start voice memoing other podcasters because mm-hmm. we just go on forever. Like yep. there's, you end up with many episodes, like two, three minutes. If, if mm-hmm. you're not careful with in putting a stream of, or uh, intention behind like okay this is the three things i need to hit on this voice memo yeah you end up with just this like stream of consciousness that i've received on the other end from people and i'm like i love you but you sent me a <laughs> six minute voice memo like do you need me to i i didn't know i needed to be taking notes like as i'm going here <laughs> yeah i don't know if the first voice memo i sent you was like because i stopped recording i was like <laughs> F word. And I was like, oh, I got to send another one real quick because otherwise I just ended on like the weirdest no. And I don't even know what I said, to be honest with you. But I was like, I hope you didn't hear that me drop an F bomb. <laughs> well, it's the beauty of IG voice memos being a minute long. Yeah. You know, you end up having to send five mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> in a row. Um, I love it. What's, what's next for you? Like, obviously, you're going overseas here, but. I know you have a bigger picture for Female Athlete Society and all the work that you're doing. How are you getting there? I actually tried to brainstorm that before I left Minneapolis. And obviously, some things changed because as soon as I ended up brainstorming, then I got the message to go to Stockholm. Yeah. And so now I have to brainstorm again. But I have, like, an idea of what I want to do and – It's going to be a lot more YouTube. It's going to be crazy on TikTok Mm. because I think TikTok is one of the most powerful marketing tools you can possibly have just to reach a large number of people. Like even if it's just thousands, like that's still a lot of people if you think about it. And um, so lots of TikToks. I'm going to be putting out a ton of hockey videos training wise um, and just vlogging my experience more for me, but also like people like watching that stuff. And so I'm down to put it out for them. Um, And then I'm looking into getting some mentors. So hopefully 
Amazing. Work. <laughs> Amazing. Well, definitely here to help support you in whatever way possible. Where can those listening who want to support you as well find you? Where can they connect with you and keep up with everything? Watch the vlogs. Watch the vlogs on living. TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> Where can they find you across socials and all that yeah. fun stuff? Um, on Instagram, I am Ray.Rust. And then the other Instagram account is Female Athlete Society. Um, so that's where I put all my tips and tricks and recruiting and whatever you all like may need. Um, and then on TikTok, it's Reagan Rust. And I'm not really on Twitter. I feel like I should get on Twitter. No one's on Twitter. <laughs> Dude, a lot of people are on Twitter. That's how you get business connections. <laughs> I, I check Twitter to find out what the heck's going on in my neighborhood. Like live updates oh, yeah. of, <laughs> of crime. That's about it. That's uh, okay. <laughs> That's rough. Maybe you should move. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's a, it's a good place. You see it. I totally forgot because we've been jamming. Yeah. Fast five. We got to go rapid fire questions okay, here. Okay, rapid fire. Uh, Am I asking them or are you? No, I'm just yeah, you can ask them if you want. <laughs> um, the first one. What is your go-to podcast that you are listening to that no one's probably heard of? That no one's heard of? Or you just go to? Um, I listen to, oh my God, now I'm going to blank on it. And this is rapid fire. <laughs> Victoria Garrick. We'll go with that one. Great. She's awesome. Yeah, great, great human being there. Number two, what's your favorite book that you've read in the past year? In the past year? Um... Oh my goodness. We'll have to go back with the power of subconscious mind or cuz you finished it in the past year. Yeah, cuz I did finish it <laughs> in the past year. I actually read both of them this time. I love it. <laughs> um, number 3, what's something you can't live without? I cannot live without plane tickets. Plane tickets. You got to travel. I love that. I love that. This past year must have been a little bit of a challenge. <laughs> a oh, you've made your way around still. I have made my way around. <laughs> number 4, what's a quote that you live by? You can do anything you set your mind to. My sister said that when I was in like sixth grade. Love it. It's probably <laughs> even very... though she took it from someone else and someone took it from someone hey, it's else. Okay. It's okay. It's we'll attribute. I love it. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll attribute it to your sister. <laughs> okay. It'll go down forever as her quote. Sounds good. Uh, <laughs> number five. What's your one word focus at this point in time? My one word focus. What does that mean? So if you had to sum up what you're focused on, oh. what would it be in one word? athletes but hyphenated that doesn't count <laughs> athletes <laughs> i love it that's yeah. there's a lot of alignment there um reagan this was so much fun thank you for taking the time especially when you're about to upend your life and move <laughs> to europe in, in less a few than 48 days. hours oh my god yeah, <laughs> i appreciate you taking the time coming up here uh you're freaking awesome i love your confidence it starts with thank one you. step ladies and gentlemen go take some bold action <laughs> And you can be killing it on podcasts like this girl right here. <laughs> well, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, yeah, of course. Appreciate you tuning in today. Reagan's journey through the twists and turns of life hopefully provides you with some more insight on the mental health struggles that athletes can face. Even when on the outside, it looks like everything is going well. We would appreciate you sharing this message forward with a teammate, a family member, or someone in your life who could benefit from hearing it because together, we can go far. Remember, if you can change your mindset, you can change your life one thought at a time. I will see you all on Monday as we got some very, very exciting news. Enjoy the weekend.